Welcome to episode 9 of the Perfectly Imperfect podcast. This is your host, Leslie Regalado, and today I'm having an interesting conversation with a woman I greatly admire, Kelly England Brock. Kelly is such a wonderful encourager who loves to see others succeed. She's a successful entrepreneur, a business coach, a wonderful mom of two kids, and a wife to her high school sweetheart. On today's episode, Kelly is sharing about her experience with postpartum depression and anxiety. Kelly will tell us all about how she discovered that what she was experiencing was in fact anxiety and postpartum. We will also learn how she decided to approach her own mental health by opting for a more holistic approach rather than a pharmaceutical one. And she'll share how this has helped her reach the kind of mental and physical health that she didn't even realize was possible. I'm so excited for you to listen in to some great advice that can help you do the same. Enjoy and thanks again for pressing play. Okay, so Kelly, welcome to our Perfectly Imperfect podcast. Super excited to have you on. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about you? You're welcome. Yeah, so I am um, a mama and a wife. I have two little kids. I've got a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son and um, married to my high school sweetheart. And we've been together eight years and um, I'm a successful entrepreneur. And I have been doing that for about nine and a half years. And um, so, yeah, that's the the most about me. I used to be a CrossFit coach and I love fitness and nutrition and um, all of those fun things for a hobby. And I'm a podcast junkie and book junkie. So that's me. Awesome. Love personal development. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you and me both. I think yeah. there's, I'm like, when people stop learning, like, what are you doing? You know, you have exactly. to continue learning so you could continue growing. For sure. Okay. So today's um, topic for our podcast is depression. And the, the main reason why I asked you to jump on, as I had mentioned before, is because you were very open and very raw about sharing, you know, your encounter, I guess, or, or your experience with anxiety and depression. Um, I'm not sure exactly when that, remember, but if you would have mind sharing kind of, you know, how did you come to the realization that that's what's, what was going on, that's what you were feeling, um, and just kind of, I guess, explain a little bit about that um, and your experience with those two. Yeah, absolutely. So I've kind of self-identified now with 2020 vision as an anxious achiever, meaning Mm -hmm. I was a little wired up for this ahead of time because of the achiever in me, but I didn't know that at the time. So, um, this kind of came on when my son was born. He's my second child. Um, when I had my daughter, I felt like I had met my other half, never experienced any baby blues, no, um, really issues struggling with parenting or sleeping or any of those things. And then when my son was born, um, I mean, it it came on the moment he was born and I didn't know it was postpartum for a while. I just thought it was struggling with two. I just thought it was mental fog and lack of remembering and feeling stressed and feeling exhausted from lack of sleep. Um, And that went on for a couple months. And I remember the doctors asking me like, are you experiencing any of these things? And I was like, yeah, but I don't know how would I'm not like I have two children now and I'm home alone with them. And you know, it's a lot. So I really let that kind of go unidentified for a while and so was it kind of like for you was it something that you thought was normal like this is kind of what all moms you know yes experience that, that's okay. what I thought I just thought this is what life with two looks like I didn't think 
I have depression or I'm experiencing anxiety. Um, I do remember this one moment driving um, to a restaurant with my kids in the car. And I, Leslie, I hated getting in the car because the car meant I was in this confined space with these little voices that were crying and needing me. And it felt like this pressure. And I remember gripping the steering wheel and it being raining outside. My husband was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And I had my first anxiety attack um, where I couldn't breathe. And I was like, if I could, I would actually get out of this car because it's the only thought I can think of to get out of this stressful space. And, but, but that was kind of all by itself for a moment. And I kept on just pushing through and, um, thinking when he gets bigger, things will get better. And, um, and things kind of got a little bit better for a while, but again, a lot of the symptoms that I was experiencing, which are telltale for anxiety and depression, like the mental fog, like the overwhelm, like the not remembering, um, you know, wanting to be alone. I really was wanted to be in solitude a lot because it, it just felt like, you know, the only time that I could be alone was, was a good thing. And so anyway, that went unidentified and I think it kind of grew into something bigger, which now I have had to address, um, through my care. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and your son, you said is two. Yeah, he just turned two. Okay. So about a little bit under two years ago that you were kind of going through all this. Yeah. So that was the beginning of it for me and I let it go for a while. And it was just in the last six to eight months that I realized I was struggling again. What actually, here's what happened. We went Leslie on a Disney trip in February, which was about, you know, uh, eight months ago, <clears throat> best week of our lives. We just took our daughter. We went with some friends. We had the best time. But when I came home, I thought I had gotten bronchitis. I was like, Josh, I, something's wrong. I think I picked up like a virus while we were at Disney because I can't breathe. And I said, but it's the weirdest thing. I only notice it when I'm driving and sitting still or when I'm going to sleep at night or when I'm like sitting in like really paying attention. I think something's wrong. Well, I went to the doctors and they said nothing was wrong. But what they did say was, we think you might have anxiety. And when I, Leslie, I'd never, ever identified with someone who is anxious. I'm like, I'm not anxious. I'm not scared. I'm not fearful. I'm not all these things that I thought that that was. Here's who I was, a high achieving executive woman of, of a team. I lead, you know, women, I help my family. I have all these roles. I never imagined that I was someone who was struggling in any way. I didn't identify with struggle. I identified with strength. And what was happening was I was having anxiousness and my body was physically stopping me. And again, I let that kind of go. I suppressed it. And I said, no, we pushed through. I'm a strong girl. Let's keep going. And it kept getting worse and kept getting worse. And I kept finding myself out of breath in normal conversations. I found myself then feeling anxious to even go into a gym or go to church, which are my two things that I do for me, you know, and it started robbing a lot of other areas of my life. And so then I had to get serious this past spring and say, I'm not okay. And what are we going to do about it? And for the first time, Leslie, I had to become an advocate for my own care because I had been healthy for so long. Uh, I didn't even know where to start with getting help for 
what was a breakdown happening in my body. Well, you did mention when we talked, um, I think it was last week that you didn't even really have like a main doctor because you had never really needed, which is, I mean, I can identify with that because yeah, besides ob it's like, okay, well, yeah, when I have a kid, like I go to that doctor, but you know, outside of that, like, yeah, you're healthy. So when something like this happens, it's almost a shock along with everything else that you're already feeling. Absolutely. And again, I, I outwardly looked like I had it together. I pulled it together for every conversation I had. I did my best to manage for my family, you know, and it wasn't really until, um, one night I'll never forget. I forgot a bill that at one point was like $10. And now I kept forgetting to pay this bill that it was like $70 or something. And my husband was like, why do you keep forgetting this bill? Like, and, and he said, like, why are you not making what, like what we need to do for our home a priority? And I broke down and I said, mm-hmm. I'm not okay. I, I don't know why I can't remember that. I am so overwhelmed and I haven't wanted to tell you because my husband's a really strong, incredible guy. And I've always been a strong woman and he loved that about me. And for me to not be able to handle things, I was suppressing it and suffering so that no one knew. I mean, if you looked at my Instagram account, if you looked at my Facebook, you didn't know, you didn't know I was struggling. Cause I, my baby wasn't sleeping and I still put on my concealer and my smile, you know, my, I was out of breath and I still stood on a stage and gave speeches. So I was not letting anybody into that world. And so finally I got to that point where I said, I'm not okay and I need to get help. And so I went to uh, immediately, I knew I needed a counselor. Um, So I started praying about the right kind of counselor. I knew I needed someone who really, um, people had mentioned like, I need cognitive behavioral therapy, like really understanding how to change my behaviors because what all of a sudden had manifested in my mind was not who I used to be, but I had ingrained this anxious thought pattern. And I wanted to uproot that again. And then I also had to look for doctors and uh, that was interesting figuring out, well, how do I feel about medicine and how do I feel about holistic nutrition and, and what's available to me? So that was kind of my next step. So I have a, I'm kind of wondering this, what was your first thought Kelly after learning that this was, I guess the quote unquote diagnosis the fact that you were going through anxiety, that, you know, you were going through postpartum or, you know, depression on its own. What was your first thought? I mean, cause I, th- the only other person that I know like closely to me that had anxiety was my mom. And she was as well, a very strong person. I mean, she raised three girls who became, you know, three strong women all by herself. Um, so I I've noticed a few people that I have, that are close to me that have had anxiety or depression, I feel like they're very strong women and they keep it bottled up almost until it kind of just blows up. So what was your first thought when you kind of came to the realization that this was what was going on? So I wanted to deny it because again, I identify, if you were to have me describe myself, I'm an achiever. I'm hardworking. I give things my best. I um, have health and and wealth and all those things and strength. And for someone to say that about me, part of me was like, oh my gosh, I think you're right. And part of me was like, I can't speak that out. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I almost didn't want that label because what did that label now mean? If I said that, 
what a lot of people or immediately what I thought was, no, I, I can't be depressed. I'm not laying in my bed all day with the, you know, shades pulled and no makeup on that. I didn't identify with what I thought depression looked like, but what I found was depression looks like a lot of things. And for me, I was a high achieving, you know, woman with anxiety. I was a high achieving woman with, you know, suffering from a season of depression. And Leslie, it's so interesting. You asked me that because when I decided to finally admit that this was happening to me, I started telling my family and friends so that they could understand my season. And this wasn't, you know, out loud or anything. It was, it was to my close circle so that they could understand, but I almost think I owned it for a season. I, I, I started saying, I'm just struggling right now. I'm really underwater. I can't get things together right now. I, I just started speaking out my own um, weakness. And I had a friend who said to me, she called me out. She said, Kelly, you will never live a life of victory. If you speak out those words, what you speak out will manifest and you, and she said, you need to start speaking out like God's victory for you. You know, you need to start speaking about your health. You need to start speaking about transformation. You need to start speaking about, you know, the renewing of your mind and all of those things. And all of a sudden I realized for almost a year and a half, I had been living in a mindset where I was even telling myself before I told anybody else that I was struggling. And, and so I believed I was struggling. And so I had to really start, Leslie, renewing my mind. And I did a lot of work to start changing that. And it was a big process. Oh, I can't. Well, you know what, what I think when you were saying what we relate anxiety and depression to, I feel like a lot of high achievers, very powerful women experience this. And we keep it on the down low because it's almost like it's, it's like when I was younger and I wouldn't cry, I would like, I didn't want to cry. It was, it was a sign of weakness to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I've, I've gotten far past that, but I feel like that's kind of what we think when we think, okay, someone's like very anxious. They, it's almost like you can't control your feelings and you know, why are you, why are you being weak? Mm-hmm. And it's a terrible thought, but I think when you're experiencing that and when you're not used to it, when you're used to having kind of everything under control and like you said, you know, you're strong, you're a high achiever you know, you're, you're pretty much great at at everything that you do. So to have this, you know, for you to face this, Mm -hmm. it's like, no, you know, this is not who I am. And I understand what you're saying when it comes to like owning it, because it almost, not that we accept it, but it almost becomes an excuse or a reason of why we're acting a certain way or why we can't do certain things. And it's like, okay, well, that's why. Yeah, absolutely. And with with your friend saying what she said, she kind of gave you that power back of, Yes, like you're, you understand what's going on. You, you know, but now you know that you need to do something about it. And I think having people around you that can speak into you, because I feel like, you know, misery loves company. And so many people experience these kind of feelings. And when you hear someone else, and if that person is not stronger at that moment than you are, then they can hold you down right there where you're at. So you were, I mean, it was such a blessing for someone that was a bit more stronger at that season of your life Mm -hmm. to be around you, to speak into you. And this is why I think it's so important. I've always, you know, my kids and my husband, we're always talking about this. We need to be around people that are better than us, not because we're going to compare, but because they can uplift us from where we're at. We can't grow if we're around people that are either the same 
you know, that we are Absolutely. or even a little bit less. So, I mean, I love that you, I think it's powerful. Absolutely. And I, I, I witnessed in this, in this friend, her ability to shift me with her words of affirmation, her words of encouragement. And so I remember being like, I want to be healthy enough again, that I can be, I can speak this out to other people again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had to really, Leslie, start renewing my mind. And that started with um, really, uh, number one, getting counseling so that I could start learning to ask myself questions. I find that so many people are rushing around doing the day, right? Responding to their day that they never take time to ask themselves questions. Yes. So I had to start, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Well, what about right now? What has just happened that's making me feel anxious? Okay, well, what what would I need to feel safe and secure right now? Or what is making me feel stressed? Or, oh my gosh, I've got all these beautiful new projects happening in my life. And guess what? Good things can overwhelm us, you know, because it's the, the endless possibilities or the responsibility that comes with something new. Whatever it is, even good things can make you feel overwhelmed. And so I had to start learning the art of asking myself questions. And a lot of times, really, I, I had to learn to journal out my responses. Because when you go pen to paper, you have to choose your word choice. You have to actually name and identify things. And that was game changing for me because then I was able to start talking about um, like, what, what is this thing I'm afraid of? And I had to name my fear. The minute I started naming my fears, I was able to identify them. I was able to address them. I was able to work with them. I actually learned this incredible exercise Um, I call the fear exercise. And whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed by something, I write down what, what are my fears? And I write them all down. So it might be, oh my gosh, if I invest in this business opportunity, what if my family loses everything? You know, like what if it wasn't a wise thing to do? I'm quitting my job to follow my passion or, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm worried about finances because of blank, like whatever women might be feeling, I recommend that they write all of those fears down and get them off their chest. And then what you do is you say, my fear is not a fear because, and then you fill in the blank. My fear about starting this podcast, like you are Leslie, like my fear about going rogue and doing this new beautiful thing that I feel inspired that I'm scared to fail at is not a fear because I've tried new things before and I've succeeded. I have figured it out. I didn't know what I was doing when I started my last business opportunity. I didn't know what I was doing when I was leading other people, but I was able to figure it out, right? So you go back into your history and you tell yourself now truth, which is you can get through this fear and it weakens it for you. It makes your next step. So even some of those fear and journaling exercises were really empowering for me. And then also... I thought it was like woo-woo. Leslie, are you someone who does like affirmations? I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. We're all, we're all about our I am statements all over the house here. It's amazing. So when I used to hear that, I'm like, are you serious? That's your tip for success. Like I came to this (laughs) conference and you just told me you say affirmations about yourself. Like that is so silly. Right. What I realized is actually now, you know, neurologically and understand about the brain, what saying something out of your mouth and receiving it with your ears does for you. It cements it in your mind and you now get visually clear that you're going to manifest that thing. 
So when you speak it out again, I was speaking out, I'm just struggling right now. And guess what I did? I created and lived in more struggle. Mm -hmm. Instead, if I was saying, Oh my gosh, I'm coming out of the season into new air. Like I'm coming out of this thing. I'm so excited about the future because like God's abundance is just like so big right now. Well, I started looking for his abundance in my life. I started looking for his healing and I started having eyes to see those things. So even the, the words that I was saying had such a powerful thing. I I started reading a book. I'm not a huge Joel Osteen fan one way or the another, but my friend recommended this book called I declare. And every single morning I read those, I declare statements. If you follow me on Instagram, I post them almost every single morning because I read those things aloud to myself. Um, and so just really getting into my mind and renewing my thoughts was part one of a very, um, multidimensional health journey that I've been on. Oh, I love that. You know what? And I, I hope and pray that our listeners are writing this down and they're, they're going to apply it because we share a business, you know, we're both in, in mm-hmm. the same business and I just, that's one of the main things that I've learned, the power of what we speak. It's like what you think about, you bring about what you speak about, you bring about. And I think people, like you said earlier, I, I so agree with what you said that people are just busy and some people are busy and it's, you know, it's, it's busy, it's productive, but I think maybe 80% if not higher percentage of the world are just busy being busy. Yeah. And we need to take a step back, slow down just a bit and realize that we have one life to live. And if we overwhelm ourselves enough to just kind of stay in that rat race all day long, we're going to wake up one day and it's going to be over. And you think back to, okay, what did I do? Or, you know, was I happy? Did I, you know, do my fullest? Did I live my life out loud? And I, in my opinion, you know, when I just, without judgment, I just kind of look around at people. And I mean, I can say just from what I see from the outside and obviously I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but it's like, man, you know, life could be so much grander absolutely for so many people. And I love, you know, and what you said about writing everything down and number one, I agree. It takes away the power from the fear and it allows you to now make a change and not stay stuck Mm -hmm. with that fear. Because, you know, when it comes to writing it down, yes, you have to, you're not reading it. You're not like, okay, what am I afraid of? You know, I'm afraid of calling this person because they might reject me in your mind, in your heart, in your head. It's like this huge humongous, like this thing that is holding you back. The minute you write that down, it's like, are you kidding? Like the worst thing I can say is no, you know, whatever. And I hope that whoever is listening, whether they have a business or not, whether they're experienced, you know, they have any experience with anxiety or depression, even if you think you're, you know, a thousand percent healthy, all of this just makes, helps you to be more intentional with life. And that's my prayer for everyone that listens. You know, the reason we share the stories and the reason that I want to give perfectly imperfect human beings, you know, more of a voice. So people that maybe usually wouldn't hear their voice can hear it. It's because of that reason. So people can understand, you know what, slow down a little bit, live with intention because you have something more to give. You are enough. You can do so much more. If you just take a little step back and just kind of refocus. So thank you so much for sharing no, and that, what you do, because that's stuff that I want to apply to. It's well, so good. And Leslie, you said something that is exactly the point that if I could make to, to the women listening to this is I 
woke up because of this experience. I remember being in the middle of it and I remember being like, God, I know you're going to use this. Hmm. Like there is a reason that I, my body is physically stopping me. And the reason my body was physically stopping me is because it was trying to get my attention. It was saying, you're not okay. And we want you to hear us. Like we want you to hear your body that you need to make some changes. And so I, because of this, Leslie, it's been the greatest gift truly, because all of a sudden I woke up to my life and even being a successful entrepreneur, a leader of people on the scoreboard, you know, in any way that you would be looking, I woke up and I go, okay, I I did an exercise one day and I wrote down my priorities and I said, okay, my number one priority is my faith. Second is my marriage. Third is my kid. Fourth is my, my health. And the fifth is my success in business. And my, my counselor said, are you living within those priorities? And I said, absolutely not. I'm Hmm. doing work, achievement, work, achievement, my health, my marriage, my, my children, all of that was getting my residue. And even though I was speaking my faith first, my family second, you know, my career third or whatever it looked like, Leslie, I was not walking that out. And so I was like, thank you, Lord, for this moment that I, and I hope even this podcast is that for someone who goes, what are my actual priorities? And then you look at your calendar. Where do you spend your time? Are you spending your time in those places? And so I woke up and said, this is why I'm sick. I'm sick because I'm actually living outside of my priorities. I'm putting too much achievement on my plate. When I actually feel called, Leslie, I feel called that I'm supposed to talk to anxious achievers like me, women who feel that they have this big call on their life that is almost so great that they either don't know how to get started or they don't know how to balance it or have that harmony with their family. Like they're so forward thinking and achievement and grind and just pull up your bootstraps and keep going. And then they wake up one day and they go, I'm distant from my man. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not connected with my children. I can't remember the last time I read a book or had quiet time because I think I don't have time. I remember my husband even saying to me one time, because I love my work. I love my work. It's like a passion to, to connect with people and help them feel inspired. And I remember him like being like, are you coming to the gym today? And I was like, no, I don't think I have time. And he, he looked at me and he was like, please don't say that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, don't say you don't have time when you make your own schedule. Like everything you have on your (laughs) calendar is your choice. And I was like, well, this thing is coming up. He said, you always say that. Like there's going to be a new goal next month, next year. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be wanting to project project to do more. So if this rat race of achievement is going to keep going, at what point am I going to put my real priorities first? And so I had a wake up call to just say, I'm done. So at that point, I just woke up and looked at the, the rat race that I was in where I was saying every year, I'm going to keep wanting to achieve more. And so what, at what point am I actually going to live the life I want? And I think some of that came from pressure of wanting to fit people's expectations and do what I thought I should do and to make other people happy. And so because of this, I got a chance to wake up and say, I'm designing my real life. I'm learning to manage my time for the first time so that I can have control over the choices that I'm making. And it has allowed me to show up intentionally with people and be totally present when I'm with my kids. I'm totally present when when I'm, you know, at church, I'm totally present. And because I have given myself the gift of 
living life by my own design. And it's, it's been a great thing. So I know so many high achieving women don't come up for air until someone yanks their head up and goes, look at your life. It's, yes. it's not sometimes okay. It's too late. And Unfortunately, sometimes it's you know, too sometimes, late. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it was a true blessing that, you know, as, as bad of an experience, I'm sure it had to have been, you know, to go through this, especially, you know, women like yourself, strong, dominant, you know, high achiever to go through an experience where you're like, wait, you know, I can't continue going this way. It's a huge blessing for you because it quite possibly have, you know, saved your marriage. I mean, who knows where, you know, you following the path that you were on would have led. And I think, you know, long time ago it said if you are successful at the expense of your family and your children the people that you love then is it really true success and you know when I heard that I was like absolutely not like I don't want to lose you know my husband whom I love I don't want to lose my children or not even lose them because you never really lose your kids but it's even just you know knowing that you are guiding them that you are present that you're there when they need you you know because like you said being present because it's hard. It's hard when you have a lot of different goals, you know, to not be on your phone, to not be distracted when, you know, they're playing Candyland or whatever games. And you're like, this is so like not productive, you know, but it's that time that you're spending with them that is quality for the quantity. So just kind of to backtrack a little bit to when you first realized that this was going on, um, what was recommended to you like to do about it? You know, I know some medical doctors prescribe some kind of, you know, medicine and then others, you know, might recommend something different. So what was what was recommended originally? And then we kind of have an idea of what you did because you were saying, you you know, you journaled, you, you know, you did a few different things. Um, I know when we had a conversation last week, you had mentioned, you know, something about going kind of on the on the direction of holistic medicine. So can you talk about all of that? Absolutely. Yeah. So when I realize, okay, I do need to see a doctor about this. I can't handle this just through prayer and through meditation and through counseling. I knew I needed a next step up um, because it wasn't going away. And I didn't have a doctor. I had been so healthy. So I got referred to a couple of doctors and I went to three doctors back to back and they all within the first 15 minutes prescribed um, antidepressants or um, anti-anxiety medicine. And I remember being with the third doctor who finally took some time to really have a conversation with me about my health full picture. And he was recommending, you know, medication as well. And I said, look, I'm not against medication, but can it not be my first step? Like, why is no one giving me any other options other than saying yes to this pill? And again, I am not, I'm not even against medicine. I just wanted another first step. Um, because honestly, I was afraid I I had been healthy for so long. I had no idea what to expect or know. And, and I just didn't feel comfortable. I had always been someone who had figured things out before with my health. And so I almost wanted to, I remember saying to the doctor, like, I don't want to numb this. There's something wrong and I want to pull it out. I want to uproot it. And so I don't want to numb my feeling. I want to figure this out and get well. I knew I needed some lifestyle changes Um, And so I looked for a holistic path and unfortunately there's a very big barrier for holistic medicine as well, because it was going to cost me $400 to walk in the door um, to even get labs, to have a conversation with someone about them, even giving me care. And 
um, I saw that as a really big gap that financially it was going to cost me thousands of dollars to get recommendations from a holistic doctor, which is what I wanted to do, um, but couldn't. And so I was luckily able to find some holistic um, nutrition that is an entire process that helps your gut and your brain and the axis in between it. I've learned so much now about gut health and how important um, a healthy gut is to your feelings and to your endorphins and to dopamine and serotonin and all of these, you know, feeling feelings. Um, and it has made a massive change in my wellness. I've been um, really on that holistic natural journey with these products and with my diet and nutrition and learning a lot. And I, I have been grateful that it's been a powerful solution to help me feel well. I mean, my mental fog has lifted. My joy has returned. I, of course, still feel anxiety and, and low feelings at times, but I feel so re resilient. So I've been grateful for that. And my main message to anyone listening is if you aren't educated in how to care for yourself, you don't have to take someone's first recommendation. It does mean the process takes a little bit longer, but I encourage being an advocate for your own health because you get to decide what you put in your body either way. And it, and, and if medicine is correct for you, that's okay. And if a holistic journey is great for you and if counseling or meditation or whatever it is, your, your wellness is yours. It's your choice. And so you have ownership over that. And so I'm just want to help others be advocate for their care because I know so many have had a lot of barriers and they don't know who to trust. And so they just trust the doctor, um, you know, who could hopefully know what to, to tell them to do. Oh yeah. You're, you know, you're so right. It is something that takes a lot of time, you know, which is what most people, you know, we claim not to have, although we all have the same amount of time, we just kind of invested a little differently, but I think it's so worth, you know, you like as an individual is you're so worth that time for you to take to learn, you know, what gut health means, because up until a few years ago, I had no clue. I mean, I would have been listening to you and would have been like, what in the world is that gut? What? You know, so, yeah, there's there's things that kind of force you and you, we all make different choices and we kind of deal with the consequences, you know, depending on the choices. But I love that you are encouraging to number one, be advocates for themselves and their own health, because, you know, sometimes medicine that like, you know, common, like normal, you know, doctor medicine is not the right way. Sometimes it is, but understanding that you have different options that you don't have to say yes to the very first option that they give you. Because unfortunately, a lot of times these feelings that, you know, we're having, they're deeper. So taking a pill most often will only kind of put a patch on it temporarily because, it won't, you know, you kind of have to continue taking that, unfortunately, you know, often, and there's going to be triggers that even if you kind of have to stop at one point, that might trigger it again. So understanding why it's happening and not just trying to stop it from happening. So thank you for sharing that because I absolutely agree with the fact that we do need to advocate for our own health. I mean, doctors, unfortunately, you know, I mean, I, I hate what you said when, it, when you said that within 15 minutes, the first two doctors said, here you go. There was no questions about, you know, what do you eat? You know, do you go to the bathroom regularly? You know, do you have mental fog? So on and so forth. Things that, you know, I learned along the last couple of years are like the first questions that you should be having. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that it's like, are you constipated? You know, do you sleep well? And you know, that's normal. No, it's not. Right. You know, as I've gotten older, I've actually gotten rid of a lot of that. Like I'm more regular. I mean, that's like way personal info, but just things that I've been able to kind of, I guess, change or better because of the education that I've taken upon myself. You know, it's not even like school education, but just, you know, Googling stuff, researching and just reading a little bit more and taking even if it's just five, 10 minutes every day to learn a little bit more about the options that we have for our health. And, you know, why are we feeling this and what can I do? Like what are like our at home remedies per se that, that we can do to try to help this out because it's not normal for us to not sleep. Yeah. It's not normal for us to not go to the restroom, you know, things like that, that can cause other things later on. Well, and Leslie, I think for so long, again, I, I just know the, the achiever woman so well because she was me and she's my friends. And so <laughs> we're, we're grinders. So to, yeah. to live a daily life where you're lacking sleep and you're running on fumes and you're feeling exhausted, you're also feeling passionate and called and all of these things that feels normal. So to have mental fog or, um, you know, to even have like draining feelings that feels like, well, well, what would anything better feel like? Like, I don't know. This is my normal. I, I had yeah. li- been living in that so long. I just thought this is what working people feel like. Right. But then I realized, oh my gosh, there's another there's way. A, <laughs> no, the, I, there is a better way. Like not even another way. There's a better way. I had no right. idea what optimal health felt like mm-hmm. until I started taking care of my body. And again, that means mind, body, spirit, you know, physically, but definitely the things I was putting into my body and how my gut affected every other function. I mean, I'm learning so much, so much disease comes from the gut. And again, everyone has their own path. If anyone has questions, you know, I'm happy to connect them with the resources that I have and what I've learned, but well, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling exhausted, if you have that mental fog, um, there is a solution and you could feel better. And so it's worth taking the time to figure that out because Leslie, you know, when you started feeling better, it was significant in your life, right? Yes. Yes. Because I'm feeling better when there's someone who's dealing with a mental wellness issue in the home, especially it affects everyone, you know, it affects. And now when I'm feeling well, it's affecting everyone my, my patience, my clarity, my kindness, my, um, intentionality, my ability to wake up before my alarm and feel good. All of those things have, you know, really poured over into other parts of my life. And so your wellness affects a lot of people. And so I just am such an encourager in all the ways counseling worth it, reading books worth it, quiet time, getting control of your time management, getting control of your gut health, all the things that I've done have been worth the time it has taken because it's real and it's showing up um, significantly in my life. Oh, I love that. And you know what the thing is that time is going to pass anyway, right? You know, I feel like we're like, oh, you know, we don't have time or maybe later. And it's like time is going to go by regardless. And it's, you know, these things usually only get worse before they get better unless we do something about it. Absolutely. You know, so uh, thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing. I'm going to go back and listen to all of this because I, you know, I'm like trying to talk to you and listen. I'm not going to like write it down because I'm going to miss something. So I'm <laughs> going to go back because I loved a lot of, you know, I just love what you shared. And 
I love the message that you have. And, you know, I've been following you on Instagram and Facebook for a while, um, sharing a business. So just, you know, the, the how raw you are, how honest, how vulnerable, you know, you've you've been, especially since this time. And I think it allows so many people to identify because, you know, to the outside world, everything is perfect, you know, in a lot of our lives. And to understand that, you know what, it's not, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to let it be that way, because there's so many things that we can do something about and doing nothing about it when we are able to, which is really unacceptable. So Absolutely. thank you so much for sharing. I so appreciate your time. Um, You're welcome. And actually, I'd love to let people know um, in 2020, um, I'm going to be launching actually an anxious achiever project oh. and it's, it's for women. It's for women who want to be in a community. It's, it's where I'm going to be documenting a hundred ways in a hundred days um, to really combat anxiety in your life. And so I'm going to be trying recipes and working on gut health and trying meditation strategies. And if anybody has any tips or tools that they have used to really help them live a life of harmony and health and wealth, please send me a message. I would love to like put that on my list, but also I'm going to be creating a community that's helping to have weekly challenges for women to stay focused in living an intentional life where they can be in pursuit of the big call on their life, but not do it at the expense of their priorities. That's what I want to help women do because I feel like when you're out of that harmony, that's when we feel anxious. But if we can find a way to go after that big call and live a life of, of real mental wellness, um, you know, we'll see powerful things happen. So I'd love to invite anybody who's listening to just send me a message and I'd love to invite you guys to be a part of it as well. Oh, thank you so much for that. I'll definitely be one of the first ones to sign up. Good. So one of the things everyone, you know, find you is I'll go ahead and link your, what do you prefer? Instagram, Facebook? Um, either one's great. I'm Kelly England Brock okay. on Facebook and then I am Kelly Brock on Instagram. Okay. Um, on the show notes, I'll go ahead and link both okay. of those so people can just click on that and find you. And um, we're excited about this project that you're getting started in a couple months because we only have a couple months left of this I year. I know. It's crazy. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for having me a part of the, the podcast and a part of your bigger message and touch on the world. Ah, thank you so much for your time. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for listening to episode nine of Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with our wonderful guest, Kelly England Brock. She was great. I loved our conversation. I personally learned a lot. So I hope and pray that you apply some of the stuff that you heard on today's podcast, like being your own advocate for your health, which I believe is huge, uh, writing out your priorities and living by those priorities and not losing sight of what those are, um, asking yourself the right questions. I love when she talked about, you know, fear and how to approach that, how to write it down and kind of tackle that and turn it into, I'm going to do this because taking back that control that fear can take away from us if we allow it. And most importantly, in my opinion, is, you know, taking a look at our health and at what we're putting inside our mouth because our health comes from the inside out. You know, I heard recently that, you know, most people live to eat, but we should really consider eating to live a long and healthy life because 
us eating food should be us eating food for fuel and not just to get our belly full <laughs> because the food we eat can either be the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison so we kind of get to pick that because we do control what we put in our mouth so i hope that you enjoyed today's episode and um go ahead and follow kelly she has wonderful content on both instagram and facebook um she's starting this wonderful a new project um so the anxious achiever project um in 2020 which is already this episode is launching um in early well, december 9th so um in less than a month you know this project will be out so i'm excited about it and i hope that you go ahead and follow kelly so thank you again so much for listening um don't forget to subscribe so you know when there's a new episode out um rate the podcast and leave a short review because that helps other people get to you know learn and listen to the podcast all right thank you so much